wanna get high. And sometimes you gotta start low. I saw people say that they're gonna die someday. I got news, you never got to go.
sent you? Who sent you? What did they tell you? What did they tell you? What did they tell you? Who sent you? What did they tell you? What did they tell you? To patrol, oversee, redeem, crucify. Who sent you? Who sent you?
You're listening to the new afternoon show with Hugh and the Butthole Surfers, and they have a variety of instruments. We uh, sort of... Not really a variety. Two drums and a bass guitar. Six drums. <laughs> you could sing... Uh, what is it? Come in my eye, my lord. Come in my eye. Oh, lord. Come in my eye. Come in my eye. opportunity to say that Oliver North is a screaming fucking fag queer and his wife is a putty head. Okay, here's a question. I think Oliver North, Oliver North says the Marines have a way of taking care of themselves. He means when you're ass fucking another Marine, you owe them the common courtesy of a reach around. That's what he's talking about. We're reaching around with the butthole surfers on the new afternoon show. Yeah, well, you wish you. Double NYU. He's kind of cute. He's got long, long red hair. So what's the... About six inches well hung. So what's the uh, strangest place you guys have ever slept? Uh, well, you, uh, no, where, where was it? I don't know. The one where you well, woke up naked in your hands, Mills? Yeah, thing? it's the place I can't remember. My left hand smelled weird. Yeah, you guys have spent uh, a lot of time on the road and uh, sleeping where people kind of let you. Uh, uh, half, halfway up our ass, we're on the road. Halfway up my ass, I'm on the road again. Up my ass, I'm on the commode again. I'm on the commode again. Taking Arlie Dunn's time on commode again. Oh. So, Kane, you seem to be the uh, quiet one of the bunch here. He's actually the most articulate. <laughs> <laughs> just can't I'm, use him up. Let him talk. Just thinking about the oncoming apocalypse that, that August Base 7 is going to be since the Aztecan and the Mayan calendars are ending. And uh, Nostradamus predicts that the beginning of uh, Armageddon will happen next month. So. Next month. And the Hopi Indians say it's going to happen above the 45th parallel. Nostril dumbass says the shit's coming down anytime within the next two, yeah, three weeks. Yeah, New York's out of there. Yeah. Didn't we meet the nostril? Wasn't... No, no, no. Um, but King's just depressed. You don't look depressed. It's kind of like an Elvis Costello song. I sincerely hope he's coming down. So what I want to know is which one of you guys, uh, or girls, Teresa, dri drives the... Uh, van or whatever you guys travel in we, we pay a monkey to do that yeah we got us a monkey here we got we also got him trained to climb up high in the mountains where it's too too high to breathe to pick tea leaves to bring him down for us you know what kind of tea we smoke too so you guys uh, ride in the back and uh do what we got us a mobile home and we play uh we smoking and drinking and gambling play cards yeah we score we scored us an eight ball in miami from a handsome black man and uh that's it <laughs> what did you do in Oklahoma? No, we just hang. I, I took a pee there, but that was before I was in the band. Oh. I been to, went to a titty bar called Walter Mitty's in Oklahoma. Yeah. And I asked for a scotch on the rock. And they liked that. Because there ain't no record about the drink.
This is about this guy that we know. We met down in San Diego. And he's like this really astute type, intellectual type guy. And he works in a factory. And he gets his kicks by help building nuclear weapons.
Bus tour. That's good, said S. Now I can see what I'm drinking. They were in a white bar in a black neighborhood on 14th. The men wore leathers, mechs, and motorcycle boots. The women wore Peter's jackets and Banlon shirts. The crowd was sweaty and drunk ugly in the bright lights of last call. Come on, shorty, said Stuart, grabbing a sleeve of Hess's jacket and pulling him toward the door. They drove up 14th. Hess and Stewart were drunker than shit, and so was Martini. Stewart fucked with the radio dial and turned it up. Hess double-clutched to come in the rockets, and the surge pushed Martini back against the seat. Slow down, said Martini.
pushed Martini back against the seat. Slow down, said Martini. Slow down, said Hess in a girlish way. He gave the Ford more gas. Over the rise, in a residential strip of 14th, they saw a young black man walking the sidewalk, a block or so south from their car. Hess eased his foot off the gas, looked in the rear view, looked ahead, and saw no one driving the street. Except for the black man, there was no pedestrian traffic. Hess cut the headlights and slowed to a crawl. Buzz, said Martini, tell him to knock this shit off. Hess and Stewart kept their eyes down the road. The black man looked over his shoulder and slightly quickened his pace. He heard us, said Stewart. Of course he did, said Hess. Loud as you're playing that boofer music. It's the exhaust system in this piece of shit that's making all the noise. If you call purr a noise, Hess squinted. How come he ain't running, though? They don't never run no more, you know that. He's daring you, son. I should peg that nigger, Stooby. Scare him some, said Stuart. Go ahead. Doom, said Martini, the word barely making a sound against the music coming from the radio. Hess found a break in the line of parked cars, carefully drove over the curb, and got the Ford up on the sidewalk. He cruised very slowly down the hill. The black man turned his head again, double-ticked, and ran. Hess laughed and hit the gas. <laughs> How many points, said Hess. Make it ten. They closed in on him quickly. The black man leaped off the sidewalk and hit the street. Look at him go, said Hess. Like he's seen an alligator, said Stuart. Hess tore up the turf as he jumped the curb and got back onto the street. He downshifted, rubber crying as the tires struggled for purchase on the asphalt. He pinned the gas pedal and narrowed the distance between man and car. In the back seat, Martini's fingers dented red vinyl. The young man suddenly cut right and headed for the space between two parked vehicles. Hess followed. The Ford fishtailed, then found its feet. Stewart looked over at his friend. Hey, short! They were on the young man startlingly fast. Hess jammed the middle pedal to the floor, but the speed was too much for the brakes, and the Ford went into a skid. The young man's head turned. Stewart thinking, damn. His eyes are wider than shit as the galaxy lifted the young man and took him into the front quarter of a white Dodge. At the point of impact, all the occupants of the Ford were thrown forward. Stewart and Hess jacked into the dash. Martini's head bounced off the bench. They sat there dazed, the world spinning slightly, the blare of the radio and something else ringing in their ears.
Flat Black Plastic on Mutiny Radio. FM.
Halfway up the street, they saw young people outside a row house on the concrete porch and in the small yard, talking, dancing a little, getting their heads up on things they were drinking out of bottles and paper cups. Soul music was coming softly down the block. Strange and Blue walked toward the house. Feels good, said Blue. What does? To be out of uniform for a change. Not that I don't like my job, because I do. It's just, you know, nice to have brothers and sisters looking at me like I'm one of them. You are. I mean like I'm on their side. You don't have to explain it, said Strange. I know exactly what you mean. Come on, line, said Strange, as they hit the steps going up to the house. Let's have a little fun. Strange and Blue waded into the outdoor crowd. They got a couple of Miller High Lifes out of a wash tub filled with ice and popped the tops with an opener hung on a string from the tub. Blue introduced Strange to the host, a young Howard student named Cedric Love, who was running the house with two other young men. Strange looked around. People in the yard were coupling up and dancing. Up on the porch, Strange saw the back of a young woman had a short, baby blue dress on, going into the house. Strange knew those legs and that shape. Excuse me, said Strange to Cedric Love. I'm going to see what's going on inside. He was looking to catch Blue's attention, too, but Lydell was already asking some girl to dance. Strange went up on the porch. Then he was in the house. Tobacco smoke and the smoke and fragrant smell of marijuana hung thick in we the We like air. to... Conversation and laughter we'll rumbled up under the we'll music, like louder than it had been outside. We're gonna slow it down this Derek, time. my brother, and said his friend Sam me. Simmons, who came up on him suddenly. Simmons was with a dude, had a black beret and a soul patch, who Strange song, didn't know. You know Cooch, said Strange, using yeah. Simmons' nickname, giving him scared. Right? Simmons passed Strange a lit Strange looked at it for a moment, then put it to his lips and hit it deep. Smoke was streaming from his nose when he hit it again. Strange passed the joint to the man in the beret, who looked at Simmons first. My man's all right, said Simmons to his companion. I am now, said Strange. Heard you were keeping the streets safe, said Simmons. Streets gonna have to do it out me for a while, said Strange. I'm laying back tonight. They talked about football. Then Strange shook hands with Simmons and drifted into another room. It was an all-couples room. Someone had cleared the furniture and changed the bulbs and the lamps, and the room was bathed in blue. Some couples were just holding each other, standing still, kissing each other deep. Strange smiled and leaned his back against the wall. He felt a tap on his shoulder and turned his head. What he saw made him smile. Carmen, said Strange. How you doing? I'm good. She had a little blue ribbon tied in her hair, the same color of the dress. She had big dark eyes, dimples in her cheeks, and smooth, deep brown skin. She had a figure that caused his breath to come up short. What you doing in the blue light room all by yourself? said Carmen. 
I was waiting on you, girl. Go ahead, Derek. Carmen laughed, looking into his heavy-lidded eyes. Yeah, aren't you? A little. I just had some nice smoke myself. You gonna be a doctor, you need to quit it. Can't be like operating on people with your mind messed up. I'm just an undergraduate. I got time to have fun. Anyway, what you gonna do, write me a ticket? I'll let you off with a warning tonight. Strange held his beer out to Carmen. She took it, drank, and gave the bottle back. Strange reached out and wiped his thumb across some foam that had gathered at the corner of her mouth. She leaned a little into his touch. I was thinking of you last December, said Carmen, the day Otis died. Yeah, December 10th, said Strange. I was in my squad car when the news came on the radio, said his plane had gone down in Wisconsin. He left some music, though, didn't he? Always gonna be there, said Strange. He placed the beer bottle on the floor, and as he stood tall, she came into his arms. He trembled a little as she put her head against his shoulder. Her breasts were firm against his chest, her fingers warm through his. They moved slowly and easily, as if she'd never left him, as they danced all through high school and the year past him, until the trouble had come.